Welcome to the Jiu-Jitsu Times. I am Chris Zahar, and I have one of the pioneers of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on the line right now, Mr. Eddie Bravo. How are you, Eddie? I'm doing great, man. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing great, doing great. All right, so um, coming up this, uh, what is it, Sunday, we got EBI 12, right? Yes, that is correct. EBI 12, awesome. And um, can you tell our readers a little bit about EBI 12, what's going up? It's the uh, female flyweights, right? Yeah, there's the first. We've had girls on the show before, just special matches. Uh, but now this is, this is the first time we're doing um, a full 16-woman tournament, regular EBI rules, and a four-woman combat jiu-jitsu tournament at the same time. The last EBI we did, uh, EBI 11, that was... Mm -hmm the first time we we showcased combat jiu-jitsu yeah. and that was a, the, the exact same format regular 16-man tournament with a four-man combat jiu-jitsu tournament and, and that pretty much sold the show it, it was it was uh it was amazing man it was it was incredible it went it went off way better than i expected yeah. so um that could happen again here i mean when, when you start adding palm strikes and jiu-jitsu match matches on 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 jujitsu mats, yeah, it looks so hardcore. Like if we did it in a cage, it wouldn't be as, as uh, crazy looking. But mm -hmm. you know, when you're used to when you're used to watching jujitsu, you go through the, the first eight matches, and it's regular jujitsu, mm -hmm. submission only jujitsu, and then all of a sudden <laughs> they start throwing palm strikes to the head. It gets nuts. It gets crazy. So and, you know, the, you know, the girls are doing it this time. With we got two girls from Bellator. Avima Lay McFarlane yeah. and Brooke Mayo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They're going head-to-head. -head. And then we have a rematch from two girls in Invicta, uh, Celine Haga and Annie Montenegro. Invicta, they both got saved by the bell. Uh, um, Celine got saved by the bell at the mm -hmm. first round. Yep. She caught an armbar, and that thing was deep. And then at the end of the match, Celine choked out Amy, put her to sleep, but she got saved by the bell and, and won. So... That 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 was probably the most controversial match of in or MMA fight of yeah. all time. I can't think of anything crazier. The only thing that rivals that would be Matt Hughes and Carlos Newton. Remember that? Yeah, oh, yeah. Matt yeah. In, a, in a triangle, and he picked him up, and he he picked, stood up, and then he slammed him, <laughs> knocked him out, and Matt Hughes was out. He didn't actually slam him; he just collapsed. He, he didn't slam him; he collapsed and knocked out Carlos Newton. He woke up, and then he won. So, <laughs> It was mm -hmm. weird. And then that was, there was another MMA match where there may have been two where uh, both guys got knocked out by a punch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I was at, That was in Indianapolis. I was actually there live for that. But, oh, really? So they're going to get a rematch. They're going to get a rematch, and the winner of the Invicta match will go against the winner of the Bellator match in the finals of the combat jiu-jitsu. In the, in the regular 16-woman, regular EBI submission only rule, we got uh, number one girl, number one IBJJF girl, Talita Allen Carr, mm -hmm. who won the gold medal at the at the Moon Jaws. And um, we got Patty Fonch, who's a no-gi IBJJF world champion, who's a submission artist. She doesn't win by points, so she's going to yeah. do great in this tournament, I, I assume, um, just based on her performances in the no-gi world. Uh, I, I'm, you know, who knows, who knows how she handles heel hooks? I'm not sure. Um, I know the guys at Checkmat, they're not... Um, you know, when they go no-gi, they go full heel hook, so she should be fine. And we also got uh, Lydia Luchowska, who's a black mm -hmm. belt under Lachlan Giles and Craig Jones, mm -hmm. who uh, have a great 
a jiu-jitsu academy out in Melbourne, Australia, where they're on top of the leg lock game. They're, they're um, you know, every day they're trying to make sure that they're not left behind in, in the evolution of the submission-only world. And, and Lachlan Zouse, he armbarred Hani Yaya in EBI, and he also defended all of Nathan Orchard's leg attacks in EBI and beat him in overtime. Mm-hmm. So that says a lot. And uh, Craig Jones, one of the students, he, he actually heel-hooked Nathan Orchard. So those guys are, are, are all about pulling off upsets. And Livia's a beast. She's yeah. black belt, and um, she, she has the potential to take the whole thing, too, as well. And we got Christina Barlon, another black belt, IBJJF, uh, elite competitor. So we, we've got the IBJJF guy, uh, girls coming out way more than the guys came out, I'll tell you that much. Um, we had a couple drop out, you know, Jenna Bishop dropped out and Tammy Michi dropped out, but we have the girls that are in there, these girls are gangsters. They, they, uh, they you know, they're happy to be, to, they're ecstatic to be in the show. Awesome. Uh, that, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people not, that are unsure whether their leg locks are good enough or not. You know, we want, we want people who are 100% down and everybody that's in there right now, um, after all the dropouts, they're, super happy to be in there and they're mm-hmm. ready to go to war mm-hmm. speaking of um you know pullouts people pulling out and stuff how does your organization how does ebi handle last minute pullouts like you know you got somebody like say maybe like um like a bit like a star on the card and all of a sudden they pull out like how do you guys handle that we just we have a list of alternates we have a we, we, there's no problem uh putting people in to back them up they might not be as well known as like like the situation you're talking about, like a big star who pulls out. We might not have a big star on the alternate list, Mm -hmm. but we have uh, gangsters on the alternate list. Yeah. Can't wait to to jump in there and trade heel hooks, you know? So, Mm -hmm. um, alternates, there's never been a problem. We have a long list of those. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. That's good. And this is uh, what your, um, what's this, your second show or your third show on uh, Fight Pass, right? That's going to be on Fight Pass again. Oh no, we've had. This is probably our. Um, I think we started on Fight Pass and EBI five or six. Really? Was it that far okay. ago? It seems yeah, like yeah. so. It seems yeah. like so, such a short time ago. Wow. Yeah, I missed that. No, 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 okay. no. We've we've been on Fight Pass for a while. Yeah. What were you guys doing before that? I can't. I can't Over remember. a year. Over a year. Before oh. we were just doing our own pay per view, like uh, running it through Budo videos. Oh, that's Budo right. Videos. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, Budo videos had a uh, pay per view, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's, it's not it's not hard to stream. Everybody's streaming. There's all these new events coming out, and streaming is not hard at all. No, uh, but it's not at it's all. great. It's great having the UFC back us. You know, it was their idea to have an all girls show. They we wanted to do it, but I didn't want to bring it up to them. I thought they would shoot it down. I thought, okay, let's wait a few more shows, and they brought it up to me. They said, "How do you feel about doing an all girls show?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" Our girl show is going to be insane. Yeah, with the yeah. special matches. Our special matches with the girls. They usually take the, you know, they steal the show half the time. You know, so um, yeah, this is going to be amazing. I, yep. I can't, I can't wait. It, this one, this one is going to be very special. Yeah, there's no other uh, all-girl grappling show on there, is there? Now, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Uh, there are, are, but they're small. Yeah, you know, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, um, they're not, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of submission-only tournaments popping up everywhere. But, uh, you know, the, uh, Polaris is now on UFC Fight Pass, so yep, yeah, I that, got that. Um, that, that helps the scene. And Submission Underground, 
Well, sales. I, I, I was thinking about like that's an all-girl one, like an all-female yeah. event. I don't think that's that's happened at this level yet. Yeah, but, no, no, I, um, I can't think of it happening. But, but IBJJF, you know, they have tournaments all the time. The world oh, yeah. and it's all girls. You know, they're just not on. And, you know, so... Yeah, I've mean, been doing tournaments forever, but as far as like main event, one match at a time type mm-hmm. tournaments, like a, you know, an, a show in the evening, you know, uh, I think we're the only ones that are doing that right now. But I hope more do it. You know, yeah, absolutely. More the better. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want this to keep growing because right now no one's making any money. You know, right now we're just trying to survive. Everyone's just trying to survive. There's no, there's no money yet. As far as yeah. the bowling um, movement goes, it's, people love it, but uh, most of the jujitsu community. They're uh, still resistant to it. They think it's like this strange, you know. Yeah. When it's, like they get the heel hooks, just um, that just freaks them out. Oh yeah, it does so, a lot of we'll, we'll see. It's gonna take it's gonna take them a while to uh, undo the brainwash that they're dirty and, and <laughs> they're like a low level, you know. Yeah. Leg is legit. You know, you got I want I want my guys. I don't want my guys to have that hole in their game. But that's no. why we jumped hard into leg locks. We we've always. Ten Planet has always had heel hooks. We've always reaped. We never banned reaping or heel hooks ever. We just never got super heavy into them mm-hmm. because uh, you know, I wanted my guys to do well in MMA. And in MMA, heel hooks, the risk, they're, they're important to know, and, mm-hmm. and people do pull off heel hooks. Um, um, uh, I don't know if you could say often, but they do. They work, and, and they're legit. But you also can get knocked the fuck out going for heel hooks, too. So it's not, it, as far as MMA goes, it's mm-hmm. not like heel hooks aren't something that you should focus 100% on. It mm-hmm. should be like your backup plan, yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and then in the points game, heel hooks aren't even allowed. Heel hooks aren't even allowed in Sambo, which is crazy. <laughs> so there was really no reason before the sub-only movement began to get heavily into heel hooks. Because in the points game, they're not going to do anything for you. And in MMA, that could be really, really risky. So now with the sub-only game, everything's legal, reaping heel hooks. All of a sudden, heel hooks are the most important part mm-hmm. of the game because it's the first fight. It's like in, in MMA, the most important aspect of MMA is striking because you start standing, every yeah. round starts standing. If the fight gets boring on the ground, they stand you up. You have, Striking is the most important part of MMA. You know, not, not to say the wrestling and jiu-jitsu aren't important too, but striking is way more important than, than uh, um, grappling. Uh, but you do, need you do need wrestling and you do need jiu-jitsu. So in, in, in submission only, the most important aspect of the sub-only game are heels because that's the first battle. You might like getting the back. You might like rear naked chokes, but you got to get through the forest of leg locks first. And, uh, I mean, you have a plan for that. How are you going to get around them? How are you going to get through them? So you have to learn how to deal with them in the mm-hmm. sub-only game. So they went from being the least important part of grappling to, in, sub, in the sub-only game, the most important part. Yeah, absolutely. Why is it that you think heel hooks are still considered dirty? I mean, do you think it is that just people don't know how to handle them or something like that? Or is it some perceived danger in them? I mean, why is it that people I are think, just like... I, I, I think uh, it's a weakness in, in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu community, so uh, to demonize them would, would, be, uh, would be beneficial financially. Why learn them? You know what I mean? Because a, a heel hooker doesn't even have to learn how to pass the guard or, or sweep. Look at, heel, look at Eddie Cummings. He's yeah, not yeah. passing anybody's guard. He's not sweeping anybody. 
You know what I mean? He doesn't have to. Mm-hmm. And he could take out dudes who've spent their whole life high-level black belts. He could take out high-level black belts left and right with never, never doing jiu-jitsu. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's, um, it's like a, a rivalry. It's the rivalry of grappling. You know yeah. Man? Yeah. You could take a heel hooker who come into a class and just wipe everybody out if they're not. And that happens all the time. That happens all the time. It's like some guy goes, comes to an open mat and it's a bunch of classic, traditional jiu-jitsu guys playing, mm-hmm. you know, uh, at open mat. They're going to get wrecked by the heel hookers. Yeah. That's the first battle. They're not going to know how to even get through that first battle. Right, right, so, right, right, right. And that doesn't look good. So you could embrace it and jump in head first, or you can run from it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like uh, strikers, like like boxers, like like Floyd May- Mayweather's like talking shit on Conor McGregor because he gave up. You know, he doesn't understand the game. You know, he, he's like he gave up. He tapped out, dumbass. That's that's mm-hmm. what happens in in MMA. Don't you watch it? People tap out. They don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's ignorance. It's like uh, they strikers will talk shit on grapplers and say it's it's uh, oh that'll get you killed on the street or oh, that's that's um, you know getting on the ground will you know that's dangerous and that's not a smart tactic. They'll say whatever it takes to make their striking style more uh, important or dominant. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it's yeah. just a rivalry of styles is really all it is. When some, you know, a lot of karate instructors, when they saw uh, jujitsu blow up and, uh, you know, shock the world really with hoist, a lot of jujitsu or karate black belts and taekwondo, they jumped right into jujitsu. At John Jock's, like half the guys in there were karate black belts and taekwondo black belts, mm-hmm. guys coming from Wing Chun, you know. And they didn't stop karate. They didn't stop taekwondo. Mm-hmm. Some did. But a lot of them just added to jujitsu, so that's it's 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 almost the same thing. It's almost like like um, it's almost like Eddie Cummings is like a, a, a new kind of horse. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like that. And you're either gonna jump in and learn it, or you're gonna uh, just demonize it and stay away from it and keep your students away from it. Yeah. But eventually, it's gonna catch your ass. You, you know, that's that's a that's not a good move, in my opinion. We like I said, we've always been into heel hooks, but now I realize yet with this new sport, with the new rules, all of a sudden heel hooks become so important, the most important part of the sub only game. So we we turned it up. You know, we we the last three years we, you know, we haven't we, we haven't stopped working on anti leg lock. Mm-hmm. Uh, strategies in the traditional jiu-jitsu and the smash game and the passing game and the mount game and the back end we, we turned that up too we've done simultaneously we're getting um as, as high level with the leg locks as possible and at the same time as high level at stopping leg locks mm-hmm. at the same time we're doing we're doing it at the same time we'll have classes where at the same time we'll do live drills with leg locks and then live drills like back drills live drills with, live drills with the leg locks and then live passing drills so we're um you know, we're, we're hardcore into leg lock, but we're also just as hardcore into the traditional smash game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
Okay. Uh, when do you usually start teaching your students leg locks? Is it like one of those things you uh, like want to wait until the student is like a year or two experience? Like uh, a lot of gyms, they're like, you know, oh, I don't want to see anybody below blue belt during leg locks or heel hooks or anything like that. And uh, some gyms ban yeah, it completely. There's, there's nothing wrong with that, starting, starting leg lock to blue belt or purple belt. There's nothing wrong with that. We start them right away. Mm, yeah. Right away, just get them right into it. And we haven't had any problems. There's, mm. there's like this rash of uh, blown out knees going on at all or anything mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's, there's, we start them right off. We, start, we show the kids how to do heel hooks. Oh, great! Yeah, wow, wow. So, like, how, like, how usually how uh, young are those kids? Um, it all depends. I mean, we have kids that are five. We have kids that are eleven. You know, wow. We teach, we teach, we teach, we teach our kids everything. That's cool. That's definitely cool. Okay, so heel uh, hooks are heel hooks are heel hooks are no more dangerous than kamoras. Like, what's the difference between? Uh, tearing your ace your mcl that's what usually tears in heel hooks if you pop something an mcl that doesn't require surgery oh yeah you, mcls are the most most common tears and heel hooks and those don't require surgery what's what's the difference between that and tearing your rotator cuff off with uh with a kimura same thing oh I, i've heard people but say the kimuras are more dangerous absolutely yeah i mean i wouldn't be surprised it's, it's the same thing this is jiu-jitsu. These are joint locks, you know? Yeah. You got to learn how to defend them. No, no, no. And and once your arm is behind your back like that, it's, uh, you know, if, if a person really jacks that, you're you're going to feel it. <laughs> you're going to be you're yeah. gonna be out for yeah. a while. Yeah, and, and, and people don't realize also that when you practice heel hooks, we practice putting them in. We don't just go through the motion. We actually finish the heel hook and practice uh, torquing and twisting it to get to the tap. Mm -hmm. So that the uh, the grappling dummy know is is getting practice tapping. Once you you practice where that tap is, mm -hmm. so when you're actually rolling, you know where the tap is coming. You know mm -hmm. where you tap. So when we practice, it's very important when we practice leg locks to practice the crank. So you know you're practicing what makes people tap, and your your partner is practicing tapping. Practicing tapping is huge. You know exactly when that tap should come. Mm -hmm. You're not. There's no surprise. So you actually, um, now we, it very rarely does anybody get injured from heel hooks at, at my school or any of my 10 plant schools. It's, you just don't hear it because we just know when to tap. We know how to crank them right. And uh, we, teach, we, we teach everyone how to do it properly. So it's a big misconception that heel hooks are this, this dangerous submission or dangerous hold. Mm -hmm, absolutely. It's not. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, um, so you um, it's basically what? You and Polaris now are the uh, two grappling um, tournaments that are on Fight Pass now, right? Is that, is, I can't think of any other yes. on Fight Pass. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I mean, do you Hopefully see this? Hopefully there'll be more. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Do you see this as a sign that, like, jiu-jitsu is getting a lot more popular? Just the like that, absolutely you, for yeah. sure mm -hmm. yeah it's growing every day it's just it's getting bigger and bigger it's growing 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, 30 years ago, or maybe 25 years ago, or something like that, MMA was this like little underground sport, and you know nobody knew anything about it. And now it's performing in these like huge stadiums, like Madison Square Garden, like uh, the UFC performed in Madison Square Garden, and Bellator did too recently, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yep. Do, yep. Do you think? Uh, do you, Do you see jujitsu getting that popular ever in the future? Like, like I don't see why not. Jiu-jitsu. I don't see why not. As long as it's done right, I don't see point jujitsu getting that popular mm-hmm. ever. I don't see. Uh, um, I don't see point jujitsu or gi jujitsu getting that popular. Yeah. It's just. It's just too slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not. Uh, the, the, it's got to be no gi. It's got to be sub only, in my opinion. If I didn't think that, I wouldn't be doing. It. Yeah. I'm, I'm doing. The reason I'm doing what I'm doing is because I think it's the only way we're gonna. Uh, get jujitsu uh, to the mainstream. Absolutely. I thought that was another way I'd be doing it. I'd be doing it, but I don't think you can do it with the gi. The gi is uh, it's like chess. And the chess is a cerebral game, very prestigious. Um, intelligent people play it. But it's never going to be on, on Saturday night chess championships on Fox. Yeah. You know, that that's how I see the gi. It's very cerebral, slow, uh, even jujitsu players don't want to watch it. You know what I mean? Generally, they're not supporting it because you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. My uh, my instructor's a black belt, and yeah, he doesn't want to watch jujitsu on TV. <laughs> At least not the yeah, he's like, jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Like same thing. Like Jean Jacques, he's a legend in jujitsu. Yeah, he he's he barely even watches it. He's not trying to watch it. <laughs> he thinks it's boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, so absolutely. that when when you got masters, when you got black belt masters saying it's boring. You know, there's no shot. You know, there's no chance that it'll ever get huge. Yeah, yeah. When you got the people who believe in sports saying it, yeah, that's definitely. Yeah, they it. say it all the time. They'll admit it. Oh, it's boring. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, what about um? All right, this is actually a fan question. Okay, favorite EBI fight of all time. Like, in all the EBI events, mm. you can pick one that was, like, really just caught your eye or really just sticks in your head. Was that's just an awesome fight. Like, which one would you pick? Mm. Mm. Oh, it'd have to be Gio Martinez and Eddie Cummings. Oh, God, It'd have yeah. to be that one. Yeah, that was it's recent. Be that, one. that was, that was uh, yeah, that was in December, last December. That's right, yeah, that was killer. Yeah, that was, you know, I'm, I'm a little biased with that one, but... That one uh, was the craziest one. I was shaking after that. It was just, it was incredible. Yeah, I don't I think did. any other match had me shaking. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That's always, especially when again when you're talking about a jujitsu match. If it gets you shaking, then it was real. Yeah, yeah. War. That was huge. I mean, and, and it was only that huge because of the dominance that 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 uh, the Danaher Death Squad and Eddie Cummings specifically um, displayed over the last couple of years. You know. Mm-hmm. It, if they were batting 500, it wouldn't have been that great. I mean, Eddie Cummings was just killing everybody, and for Gio to beat him in overtime, it was just it was insane. Mm-hmm. You know, it was. You know, Eddie had him, and he had both his legs. He had he had his legs exactly the way he wanted them, and he and Gio wouldn't tap, and he took him to overtime and and beat him. It was it was that was the that was the greatest match in 10th time of history. Yeah. Oh, was it awesome match? 
was. That was definitely one of the best. I can definitely see that. Okay. What about, okay, can you think of, like, any two competitors, okay, who haven't fought yet, but who, like, really need to fight at EBI? Like, yeah, like a, a, a match that you would, that hasn't happened yet at EBI, that, but that you'd, like, really like to see in the future? Mm. I'd like to see uh, Vinny Magalhaes and um, and Gordon Ryan. That would be nice. Yeah, that'd be that'd be, that'd be a great fight right there. Mm-hmm. That's just off. The, that's off the top of my head. Um, you know, if you're talking about fighters that have been in EBI, that's one thing. But if you're talking about like, you know, like just the ultimate matchup in EBI, I would like mm-hmm. to see Marcelo Garcia and Gary Tonin. That would be. That would be insane. That would be insane, absolutely. Okay. Um, okay. Because Marcelo Garcia in over Marcelo Garcia in overtime? Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Nobody would get past the first round. <laughs> yeah, he's a. Slick he, he would own those overtime rounds. Marcelo Garcia gets gets the start on your back. You're done, son. You. I mean, there are there's a slight chance you might survive one of those rounds, but you ain't gonna survive the next one. Yeah, he's he's just amazing. I mean, he's like one of those guys who, like, if I saw him on the street and I didn't know who the hell he was, I'd be like, really, this guy's a champion? Are you fucking serious? Because you know, he just he doesn't look like that, Marcelo Garcia. But exactly. yeah, when you just when yeah. you watch him move, he's just, I mean, wow, he's just he's a killer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, Speaking of the Danaher Death Squad, you've probably seen it. There is a lot of shit talking right now between uh, Henzo Gracie's Academy and uh, Dylan Danis. I mean, it has to do with more with Polaris than it does with EBI. Um, yeah. How do you feel that um, like trash talking and that type of stuff? Do you think that really helps out the grappling sport a lot? I mean, it's helping out MMA, right? I mean, isn't Connor's trash talking yeah. blowing uh, MMA up? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, you know, when you when you choose when you choose to go that route, when you choose to go the trash talking route, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're, you're you're choosing to go a route where you're going to get a lot of hate, you're going to get a lot of people who, uh, yeah, I mean, you're basically making yourself the villain, you're making yourself the heel, mm-hmm. and when that happens, most people want you to lose. You know what I mean? So yeah. uh, it's a sacrifice. You know, mm-hmm. and some people don't care. They're like, I don't care if people want me to lose. They thrive on that, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, not not very many people. Most people want, most competitors want the admiration of of the fans, and you know. But that doesn't sell that many tickets. Mm-hmm. So if you if there are those chosen few that can win big and become a heel, mm-hmm. uh, there um, there's um you know. It's n- nothing wrong with that. There's always going to be a, a trash talker in every genre. I'm sure yeah. there's a trash talker in tennis, probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. What about... There's something like my, my guys, my guys, yeah. I, I I would prefer, I can't control my guys, and they can do what they want, but um, I would prefer my guys, you know, keep it respectful. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a fan of uh, you know, nothing but respect. Like Eddie Cummings, man, yeah. that's, I like that. I, I like when, when, whenever he talks, and whenever he talks about a match or an upcoming event that he's going to participate in, mm-hmm. I like that. I, I have, I, I'm a fan of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, great. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's especially interesting to bring it up because of uh, what happened with uh, Dillard Dennis and uh, Marcelo Garcia. Um, you know, just the way they uh, split and, um, you know, I, I mean, I guess um, Dylan still respects him. And, of course, he still respects him, but he's kind of still a little angry at him over that, over what happened. And um, but um, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, to to be to have a to have a falling out with Marcelo Garcia. Geez, yeah. that's that's uh, I think that's a first, you know, I don't think Marcelo Garcia has ever had a falling out with anybody. No, no. He's so nice. Not. Yeah, he he's is so nice. And Respectful. I mean, he's the most respectful guy out there. Yeah. Super nice, uh, and you know he's the most dominant grappler of all time. The guy, the guy has twenty five submissions in Abu Dhabi. Jesus Christ! You know who's close to that? <laughs> Not me. Think of a, no. <laughs> Not <laughs> I got two. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's uh, that he he really is. I mean, and again, you just wouldn't think it looking at him. I mean, you look at guys like Andre Galvao, and they're built like silverback gorillas and stuff. And you could look at him and say, you know, that guy I could picture being really tough. But you see Marcelo Garcia, and again, yeah, if you didn't know yeah. who he was, you'd be like, please, I got to fight this guy. I'm going to kill him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He does have, like, thick, tremendous legs. I mean, his... He's got gigantic calves, and his and his quads are gigantic too. His legs are, and his hips are super powerful. That's why I think he gets most of his strength from. <clears throat> yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. What about okay? Um, an all combat jujitsu event? Would you ever be? Uh, are, you, are you guys ever thinking that's about a, that's doing already that? happening? That's already happening. Wow. Combat jujitsu worlds. It's, it's going to be separate from EBI. Oh wow! It's not going to be an EBI show, but it's happening in November in Mexico. We're oh, going to have Jesus. an eight-man uh, lightweight tournament and an eight-woman. I haven't determined the weight yet, but it's going to be an eight-man combat jiu-jitsu tournament and an eight-woman combat jiu-jitsu tournament. Combat jiu-jitsu world. It's going to be separate than EBI. It's not, not going to be on. Um, so far, we haven't come to terms with. UFC Fight Pass. Mm-hmm. We've had some light verbal uh, negotiations, but nothing, nothing, nothing deep. I'm not sure they're interested, but we're going to do it anyways. And we're going to, you know, scream it ourselves and do pay-per-view ourselves and all that stuff. It, it, it's happening. It's going to be in November. We haven't nailed the date in November yet, but it's going to be November in Mexico. Jeez, that is going to be intense. I can't, I can't wait to see that. That was the original plan. Like I've, I've said this before, it was all about combat jiu-jitsu originally. I just they wouldn't let the commission wouldn't let me do it outside of a cage, and I, I didn't want to do any kind of grappling uh, tournament in a cage. I wanted to do it on a grappling mat, like you know, like the Metamora style, the mm-hmm. the um, you know professional submission league. It was before that, and the Hicks and Gracie tournament that was before that. I wanted it like that, and I couldn't do it, so. We did have a, com- a couple combat jiu-jitsu matches because we got it sanctioned, but it had to be in a case. It just didn't look right. Mm-hmm. And um, so then I decided to go, you know, sub-only. And I went sub-only. I, I, we did EBI 1 and EBI 2. It was kind of like uh, because combat jiu-jitsu, I couldn't, get, I couldn't get it sanctioned the way I wanted it to. But um, now I can. Now, now they love it. The commission loves it. Yeah. They're fully behind it. The, um, they, it's... it's, uh, it's it's gonna, you know. So now I'm going full blown combat jujitsu. Not, I'm not deserting EBI. EBI is a beautiful thing too, 
but uh, there's going to be we're always going to have combat jujitsu and EBI too. It's, I think I think we have the set formula: sixteen man regular EBI rules with a four man combat jujitsu tournament mixed in, and then um, I think we're going to always just keep it that way. And uh, and then separate combat jujitsu worlds. That's that's going to be separate. Oh wow, that is absolutely going to be intense. Now you said it's going to be in uh, Mexico. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any reason for Mexico, or is it just uh, I just feel like we're we're, we're we're we got um you know EBI ten was in Mexico and that was a huge success mm-hmm. as far as uh you know we had te- like a television deal there and we, we were on Televisa and mm-hmm. we were in millions of homes on free TV so uh, the connections just and the, our relationships with the TV people in Mexico are. Mm-hmm you know, are solid, and we're going to take advantage of it and keep it growing and keep it going. Yeah. Dana White has frequently praised Mexican fight fans. I want to say, like, the last uh, UFC card they held in uh, Mexico, he was like, you know, those... You know those Mexican fight fans. They you know they they know what to they they know what to watch. They know when to cheer, and every time they cheered or booed, it was completely justified. So, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a good fight culture down there. Absolutely. Okay. Um, can you uh, tell me a little bit about um, the uh, drug testing in EBI? I mean, is it is it anything like the UFC where you kind of got USADA breathing down your neck and stuff like that? I mean. No, we, we don't. We don't have any drug testing at all going on right now, mm-hmm. and that's something that I, um, I'm looking into. Um, and uh, don't be surprised if sometime soon we start we start uh, do, doing what the IBJJF does. Like we take uh, we test the winners. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or we, we or we, first and second. We, you know, we, we test them just to keep everything under control just to make sure people don't look crazy you know so yeah. right now it's a wild west you know we're not testing yeah yeah so um we'll see we'll see what happens mm-hmm. it, it, we might have to we might be forced to i, I don't know mm-hmm. yeah, but it's something that that um has been discussed and um it's not you know gonna happen for sure but we're going back and forth with it right now Okay, and uh, what are some of your thoughts about uh, drug testing now in the MMA? And in, in uh, MMA, I mean, do you think there are certain problems with it that you'd really like to uh, get rid of, and you hope that uh, don't get uh, like brought into um, drug testing and EBI? Well, the only reason I would, I'm even considering drug testing now is mm-hmm. uh, eventually. I want EBI to be, you know, mainstream, and it's going to get big, and then we're going to have to do something. We're going to be, as long as the UFC's drug testing, we're going to eventually going to have to do it. Um, If EBI grows like I want it to. Now, if it was, if I had my choice, Mm -hmm. should uh, should uh, there be drug testing in the UFC? I would mind if there wasn't, not having to deal with it at all. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, I don't mind that. Either way, either way, either way, we're going to, it's not going to change what we're doing. We're going to keep putting on shows. So whether we start drug testing or something happens where drug testing is completely taken out of mixed martial arts and martial arts, I'm cool with that too. Mm -hmm. But um, we'll see how, we'll see what happens. Okay. All right, Eddie. Well, I think that's uh, good enough. Uh, Thank you for your time tonight. Uh, Anything you want to say to our readers before we uh, let you go? Mm, I think I pretty much covered it all. I think you, you absolutely did. And uh, that's about it. 
Yeah, no, thank you for the interview. Uh, can't wait to see uh, EBI 12, and uh, definitely looking forward to uh, that all combat uh, jujitsu. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, thank I'll you. You have you a good uh, night. Bye. Bye bye.